This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Tuesday episode. Two games to break down. I'm Joey. He's Alex. We're here for you as always. And uh, I was thinking we were going to have to start with the Clippers Nuggets game because I, it looked like the Clippers were going to drop another one. But I'm going to start Celtics. Does that, does that work for you? That works. Yeah. Um, because I think right now the Celtics are just more interesting to me than that other series. As interesting as that game was, the Celtics, the way they looked in Game 5, Celtics Game 5, they beat the Raptors 111-89. It was never close. They were dominant on both ends of the floor. Um, Charles Barkley said it best at halftime. He said, the Celtics came out looking like the team that just won two games in a row in this series. Uh, it was, they're scary. When they play like this, that's a scary team. I mean, that's the only way to put it. That That is a championship performance. I said yesterday that the Heat are like the slight edge right now because of what they've done to, to the Bucks in the East. But if Boston plays like they played last night, they, they, they're probably the favorite. Because that was great. Yeah. That was, that was absurd. Yeah. If, if. You, if I had to place a bet right now on the East, it's it's gonna my money's gonna be on the Celtics. Um, they look so impressive, and like defensively, Brad Stevens just has these guys humming like everyone's on the same page. And it was one eleven eighty nine, and it was not that close. Like this was an a straight up, yeah, just whip. Just a, it was just a, a whipping. And uh, it's interesting. Ninety three of their one hundred eleven points were by their starters, but it was balanced. Like it wasn't. Jalen and 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 Jason Tatum and Kemba each had thirty. Right. Daniel Tice yeah, he, had fifteen. Marcus uh, Smart had I think twelve or thirteen. Uh, Jalen was the leading scorer with I want to say twenty seven, but then Kemba and Tatum both chipped. I mean, it was just across the board. Brad Wanamaker had twelve points. I mean, they it just it didn't even look like it looked like the first two games. It, it looked, looked like, exactly like game one to me. Yeah, where. Yeah. You just kind of felt like Toronto doesn't have – they don't have a run in them because yeah. the Celtics are that dominant. And Siakam just still doesn't look very good. He looks bad. Well, he just doesn't look assertive enough. He he was five for nine from the floor, but, like, he had ten points. This guy has a max contract kicking in next year. Yeah. Uh, you can't take nine shots, dude. Like, you just – you have to – you have to be assertive. Um, Kyle Lowry is – He's getting up there. He he cannot go and win every game this series. I mean, the only reason 
they're alive is because of a ridiculous shot by OG Ananobi and Kyle Lowry's playing his ass off. Otherwise, they're packing already. And Siakam, yeah. I mean, he's just been so, so underwhelming. Yeah, it's it's um the balls of steel. They're not quite uh I mean obviously I got balls of steel. Not in game five, right? I mean it's just like <laughs> he played bad. This Lowry played They all played bad. bad. They yeah. all they all played I mean, bad. They, they just got overwhelmed completely. And that's um and yeah, even Brad Steve I mean, even Nick Nurse got overwhelmed because I said it. I mean, I, I, I made the point last game. That it was like six straight quarters where Nick Nurse outcoached Brad Stevens. I would say from the middle of game three, from the second half of game three to game four, where he was switching up between his zones and all his different defensive looks. Um, and Boston just didn't seem, didn't like quite seem to have the answer, which is strange for them. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, they're not going to go three games in a row. Brad Stevens isn't ready with some type of look to combat that defense. And it was, I mean, there's not a whole yeah. lot. There's not a whole lot to say. Uh, no, I think it, actually what I want to say is I might be just being too hard on the Raptors right now and not giving enough credit to the Celtics. Like the Celtics are just completely locked in. And I don't think there's much the Raptors can do about it. I just think it's that simple. Yeah, Celtics but, are, but that's, but again, that's what we thought after game one and two. And then the series was all of a sudden tied. I, I'm not counting the, the raptors out oh i i'm ready to yeah i'm i mean how could you i mean yeah but we, we both should be over we both <laughs> totally we both totally counted them out after game two i mean i i I, 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 pretty... I would say on watching this performance and just the fact that the celtics are the way they're built they seem like a championship level team at least out of the east um yes it's easy to count them out. I just Kyle Lowry goes and gets another thirty next game. They lock up on defense again. It's it's pie. I just don't see them like get, like laying down. It's going to be a closer game. Yeah, it'll be tough. I just think the Celtics are so superior. Well, I think I, when, when they're playing yeah, like this, think... when they're playing like this, they're like I said, that's a scary team. Yeah. Um, I can't, can't give up on them though. You just. I wouldn't say I just that's how that's how good the Celtics look to me. I would be absolutely stunned if they if they lost two in a row and lost the series. I mean, I would just be shocked. Oh yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I'd probably be surprised, but it's such a weird playoffs, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times already in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I was surprised that Toronto won two in a row. Mm-hmm. So they already did it once in the series. So. It, and the bubble just changes the dynamic, right? Like, so technically, if this was re- a regular playoff series, they'd be going back to Boston for Game Six now, right? Yeah, it's two, two, one, one, one. Because Toronto, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another. It's another factor, right? Like, yeah, if they were going, if we were going back to Boston, it's over. Like, it's done. They're not losing that game six at home, but the bubble changes everything. Like the dynamic, who knows how teams are going to come out from game to game. Just so weird. Yeah. All I know is like, I'm looking at the way Boston played and I'm looking at the way Miami has been playing and I'm, st- I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that series and I got a growth spurt, but it's, it's going horizontal by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
excited. <laughs> that one caught me off guard. Excited yeah. to say yeah. the least to see that yeah. series. I mean, potentially. A, I feel like I'm trying to bring the energy on this episode, but let's be honest, the two games tonight were not that great, but they are leading to what looks like some fantastic semi or semifinals conference final yeah. series. Yeah, for um, sure. Um, yeah, like I said, yeah, you're right. I not a lot to say about this particular game with the Celtics and the Raptors because of how dominant it, other than how dominant it was, but that that it's lining up to see a pretty interesting Miami Boston. Just even Miami Boston. You hear those two team names, it's like much yeah. sexier than having either Milwaukee or Toronto. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um so that's cool for that. It's good for the NBA. Because I mean you're automatically I, not having Giannis might hurt ratings, but I think the fact that it's Miami Boston keeps it just as uh, that's, interesting. That's much better. Yeah, I, I feel like didn't I just feel like Milwaukee doesn't have as good of ratings as you think because they of probably don't have the ca- the same cachet, but they have Giannis. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he's he's a ra- he's ratings just by default. Uh, yeah. So then you mentioned the other game last night, which. It was actually a fun. It was sort of a fun game. I mean, it wasn't was a, a better game. It wasn't a, a terrible game. Um, we barely lost this bet too. We had Clippers minus seven. And, you know, seven and a half. Um, okay. Clippers ended up winning one thirteen one oh seven, and they're lucky. I, I, to me, they're lucky to be up to one in this series right now. I will say, when the Clippers went down, I believe it was ten. Popped a live bet on the Clippers, um, so made some money there. There you go. I did not. I did not. I didn't get the pick right initially but uh live betting these games is really fun especially when uh a really good team goes down and you know they have a run in them but uh yeah sorry little side note there. no that's fine that's good i mean i just the run it's just weird to me the the way well they have a problem they definitely have a problem and and that's this is the second series in a row and it probably wasn't as glaring in the first series because of because porzingis gets ejected in game one and then gets hurt and doesn't play the rest of the series after game three. But in games mm-hmm. two and three, he smoked the Clippers. Like he had 23 on like 50 something percent shooting from the field. And then in game three, he had 34. And now in back to back games, Jokic has absolutely smacked the Clippers. And it's not a problem in this series. I anticipate the Clippers probably winning this series 4 1. It was fun while it lasted. Lou Will has been awful. I don't think he continues to be as awful as he's been. Kawhi looks average offensively right now. He's doing everything else. 14 rebounds, 6 assists, defensive stops all over the place. But he only had 23 points, and a lot of them came... I mean, he had some points late, but he didn't look... Like, it was Paul George was carrying them offensively all night. He had 32. Um, but I just I don't anticipate against a Denver team who's played better defense that these guys continue to struggle especially Lou Will like he's been so bad offensively for there's like this fifth straight game where he's just been terrible eventually he's going to go for 30 and then it's going to be a blowout game to get back to the problem you alluded to is that Zubats or is that uh it's a a combination of things yeah well I mean particularly I don't remember how it was um in the first series partially it's just that Porzingis is one of the best shooting big men we've maybe ever seen in terms of just his straight-up jumper. In this one, Jokic is so versatile. So when you put Zubats on him, they go in the pick and roll and he plays off, and then they either, you know, you gotta you have to respect Jamal Murray, but then Jokic just needs a tiny bit of space to get that mid-range jumper or, or even his three. 
And then when you go to Jamichael Green or Montrez Harrell, he he's just too he's too big and skilled for them. So there's just like, and then he's such a good pa- you don't you don't want to like fully double him because he's such a good passer. He's gonna find guys, and he's seven foot, so he can pass over the defense. So with him, it's that's uh, part of the concern. But I think more so than anything, it's just that in the first series they got lucky. No. Porzingis. Maybe that's a different series if Porzingis is healthy. I don't know. In this one, probably sort of lucky that the other guy playing with Jokic is Jamal Murray, right? Jamal Murray's yeah. playing well, but he's Jamal Murray. If they play the Lake, yeah. if they play the Lakers, the other guy playing with Anthony Davis is LeBron James. So, if Anthony Davis is the best player on the Lakers and LeBron's the second best player, that's that's scary for the Clippers. If for sure. I mean they they gotta they gotta play the Lakers. That series is still fun. Um, the Lakers Rockets one, but it's a problem. This them their inability to stop skilled big men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, they've got a couple more in their way if they're gonna get an, uh, if they're gonna get a ring here. But uh, one thing I'd like to point out is <laughs> Jamal Murray is not a superstar. <laughs> no. We uh, if you've been listening the whole way, uh, you know. Mike Malone dropped the superstar word and it was really fun. But uh, this Nuggets team, like, I, I, I'm so high on them down the road, but they're just not there yet. And that's, I'm with you that I think this series ends 4 1. Yeah, I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. showed that. Yeah. So it, it's really nothing against the Nuggets. Like, Clippers are a better team and this Nuggets team is such a bright future. I just think they're a year, maybe two away from being super, super dangerous. Um, so I, I think the series is over again. I'm, I'm looking ahead. Maybe I'm looking ahead too soon, but uh. yeah, I think, well, part of the difference, right? So one thing that really, really stuck out to me um, in the fourth quarter towards the end, right? With between the Nuggets and the Clippers close game. I don't remember what the exact score was, but it's probably like within two, a possession or two from the 315 mark to the 215 mark. Um, while Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Lou Will are just going and getting it done. The Nuggets, because they just don't have that dominant wing player, are being forced to pass the ball to Jeremy Grant, who misses three shots in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember that exact stretch you're talking about, yeah. And that's the difference between a really good Denver team and a championship team in the Clippers and championship teams in general, because even though both teams were pretty awful defensively all game, the last five minutes, the Clippers locked down. Mm-hmm. And when great teams lock down in the playoffs, you got to have at least that one guy, if not two guys, who can just go and get it done themselves. And the Clippers have three guys. And even though Lou Will was bad, he hit some, good, he hit some big shots in the end of the game. He hit a corner three um, that put them up. And so... That, that just sort of goes to your point about the Clippers' future because Michael Porter Jr. looked really good. To, I mean, he had 18. Um, he and looked fantastic, and yeah. he looked great. He had that dunk. Whoa. He had a dunk, and it was amazing on the broadcast because they had queued up a shot of his father. So I have it I have it in my notes. Yeah. It was a yeah. terrible cut. No, I thought it was – I thought, like, it actually ended up being awesome by accident because no, he threw I down I... one of the best dunks of the playoffs, and they cut to his dad, and he was like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, but, they, awesome. but they probably – they could have – I mean, you know production just as well as I do. And this is getting into the weeds of production a little bit. But, like, you, it's TNT. 
they have like seven playbacks, right? Like mm-hmm. you could have that shot of his dad queued up and get the reaction from Michael Porter Jr. first and then go to his dad. Like they barely let the dunk go through the net and cut right yeah. to his dad. And you didn't see any of the reaction from the teammates or anything. I was just like, why are we on the dad? I, I want to see I, him. I, I want to see him I standing down Trez. It. Like I wanted to see more. I wanted to see him. I want to see Montrez's reaction because it probably should have been a charge. Like there was layers to that play in general. And it was, a, it was probably other than LeBron's dunk the other night. That's probably the dunk of the playoffs right now. Yeah. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, but I actually liked how it played out because you rarely get to see, you know, a dad in the stands like, yeah, kind of not lose is cool, but like they're usually stone faced, you know, they're they're proud of their kid, and you know, I don't they're even remember what his reaction and, was. Oh, he, his eyes got super wide, and he looked to the side. He was like, "That that was fucking awesome. It, yeah. it was really cool." I'll, we'll try to post it on the Twitter page, but uh, I I thought that was really yeah. Really I, didn't, awesome. I didn't. I didn't. I guess I was just so caught up in the fact that they cut to him before the ball even made it through the net. I was just like. Come on, guys! Like, yeah, you, you do it. Give it a, like two seconds because the reaction's <laughs> still going to be the same, right? Um, it was a cool moment, nonetheless. Very cool moment. I don't know. I actually even have it in my notes in the rundown to yeah. to bring it up because I didn't think it was a cool moment. Interesting. I think well, it's, no, we'll, we'll I, have to check the tape on it. No, I think it's cool that the dad they got to his dad reacting, but I just yeah. didn't like how they produced. The moment. The moment could have been produced a little better. There was opportunities to go to his dad at many other times after the dunk. I would have liked to see everyone else's reaction first. I hear you. But either way, Michael Porter Jr. Biggest debate on the history. Yeah, this is our first real disagreement. Um, Either way, Michael Porter Jr., his future so insanely hot, bright, and he's, he is. I think we've talked about it a lot in these playoffs. He is probably the key to their future success. Yeah. In he, terms of going to that this, next level. Uh, if he's this link between, you know what you have in Jokic, fantastic. Um, and you've seen flashes of what Murray can be. It seems, I just have a hunch that Murray throughout his career is going to be this guy with ups and downs that we talked about. Maybe like a Kemba Walker type. I was um, just about to say that. Yes. Yeah, go, and, go, go with that. Yeah. And so, you know, like I think that's what it could be. But then, if you pair Jokic and Murray with just a flat-out top ten wing in the league, he's not there yet, but he certainly has the ceiling. Then you've got something really dangerous. And we raved about Jeremy Grant yesterday. Well, they're gonna um, have they to pay lock, him. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to pay him. But he's the type of guy I, I, I'm willing to pay like high-end role-player money for him. They're gonna and have I money because Paul Millsap's a free agent too, so that money comes off the books also. Right. I yeah. They they gotta make sure they bring back Grant and then I just think this roster has just the pieces to, yeah, to no, really, they're really uh, interesting be good for a long time. And the Jamal Murray thing is such a great point because we talked about it like we talked about it uh we've talked about it a couple times with the Celtics. Like how good is your team when Kemba Walker is your third best player? Mm-hmm. Um well, yeah, when you have that guy that can out of nowhere win you a game that you don't you know, like your third if your third best player can win you a game. That's always a huge advantage in the playoffs. Listen, and this is another sort of tangent, but to in, in my opinion, in the NBA, your best player can't ever be your point guard. Like, true point guards. And maybe not even your second... I mean, second best, maybe. But, like, when you look at championship teams outside of the Warriors, because it's just... That's sort of a different... That's an outlier, yep. That's an outlier. Going, yeah. and Steph, you could call him... I mean, yes, he's going to go down as a top five 
top three point guard to ever play the game, but it's because he's the best shooter to ever play the game, right? And he is a great player, but that's a different situation. Like that team, that's a to- But outside of that, you rarely see teams where a true like six two, six three point guard is your first or second best player on a championship team. It just doesn't happen. You have great wing players and great bigs. And then point guards are great leaders and sort of compliments to those guys. Mm-hmm. So like if Jamal Murray can play defense and Jamal Murray can score when needed and come up in big situations from time to time when needed too as a third option, yeah, they could be really good. But in general, I just when you when a true point guard is the best player and sometimes you, and even the second I'm just trying to think back. I'm I'm kind of like stalling myself because I'm trying to think of teams that won a championship like that, where their second that, best player, maybe Tony Parker. I, I mean, yeah, that's probably it. But I, I was also thinking those Pistons teams with it was Chauncey one, Billups. But it was one team. I mean, that was one year. Yeah, they got one. That was one year, and that team is the most unique team in NBA history because they don't have a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, like wow, you, that's true. You also don't win championships without at least one first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And the, the Tony Parker thing, he is the second best player on those teams, right? I, well, I mean, one, that, at least one of them he was. Well, for sure. on one of them, he might have been the best was, player like that mm-hmm. year. I think he won finals MVP one year. He did. He? But I mean, to me, Duncan's the best. Like, right. Well, and then the, the last one, on the, the last one, Kawhi was the finals MVP. So he's probably. Mm-hmm. But your point stands. I totally see what you're saying. But like, you can't you can't lean on that. It just it does, doesn't. It just, work. It's just yeah. never historically. The only other time before that was probably the the Pistons in the early '90s with Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. That's probably the one true example to me where a, like a true point guard was the best player on a championship team. Because that's unquestionable. And, and there's there's plenty of examples where it hasn't worked. Like Chris Paul, it really looks like he's going to retire without really sniffing West, a ring. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Um, I mean, it's just it's all the time. There, there there's a million. I mean, Steve Nash, there's a, there's a million examples throughout NBA history just because it always is the same case. Like when people, there was this, um, a while, a few years ago, people, there was all this talk about how this is a point guard league, this is a point guard league, but it's not. And it never has been. There's never been a time where point guard was the most important position. And part of that is because there's so many good point guards. And it's not that they're unimportant, but like, there's probably 20 to 25 like good to great starting point guards in the NBA. There's obviously a different echelon when you get towards the top of those guys. But there's sort of there's a lot of guys who are sort of interchangeable in how good they are. There's probably only like eight or nine great like elite level wing players in the league. Right now, and I in like I include guys like like Luca as a wing player, even though he was sort of he's kind of like their point guard, but I call him a wing because he's six seven. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, you, you're talking about like floor general type of. I'm talking about their like big, their six, biggest impact. I'm on talking the game about like is... six three, six two, like natural run the team point guard. Mm-hmm. Even the scoring types, like the Dame Lillards. He ain't winning a championship as the best player on that team, ever. It just—I mean, you could. Anything's mm-hmm. possible, obviously, but. Uh, but anyways, so. The whole point of it was Jamal Murray, 
if he becomes your third best player, Michael Porter Jr. becomes one of those elite wings, which he has the he has the tools. They could be a really good team forward, but Clippers probably gonna. I keep picking them to to have like this statement blowout game, so maybe it'll be in uh, game four. Because I'm sure the line will be similar to this again, seven and a half. So, yeah, yeah, I think they're they'll pull away. Uh, all right, let's look at um, tonight's games. Looks like Vegas might know something that no one else knows yet. Uh, Miami's minus two and a half, so that must mean. I'm assuming if Miami's the favorite, even though they're up three one, they they're assuming Giannis is not going to play. I would assume that as well, or they just know he's going to be extremely limited. I mean, it's just like, how how can he come out and be effective on on a that bummed of an ankle? You know, mm. we saw he played really well with the bum ankle, but then to re-injure it and there's definitely like, I mean, there's definitely there's a way that he could come back and be totally effective. You wipe that baby juice on you, and all the shots go down. That's it actually didn't cross my mind that that you have to yeah. always keep that you have to keep the baby juice in mind because it's just mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things where it's like if you have it that the family the, the yeah. families are in the bubble now his son I think or his kid I don't know if it's son it's his son yeah yeah son um, but yeah no I, I don't want to see him play I want Miami to just win he should not play he really should not play I, I would be but I'd be pretty disappointed to that <sighs> end. I don't know. This is a weird line. I don't. I would anticipate if he's not playing that Miami comes out and wins by at least three. Um. But they should have won last game. I'm still going to take Miami. I am too. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm trying to catch up ground, but I can't just go against you to catch up ground. I'm oh going. yeah. By the way, I'm 23 and 13. Alex is 14 and 22 throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I gotta ditch the catching up ground thing. I, I'm gonna go Miami minus two and a half. Is that why you've been doing going opposite of me just to try to catch up ground? No, I'm just oh, been picking terribly. It. Yeah, ah, been picking really it. bad. <laughs> um, yeah, Miami, just do it. Just, just end it. Just end it. Please, yeah. Get just this end over it so with. we can, so we can, so Giannis can get healthy and we can all start the speculation on what happens to this franchise because it's really what everyone's just waiting for even though they've already mm-hmm. started they just we need more more of that that hot goss you know we need people Ugh. oh that, was, <laughs> that didn't that didn't resonate with me but I, I, okay um all right lakers rockets tonight lakers interestingly it feels like vegas on this line too is starting to respect the Rockets a little more. Minus five. Lakers minus five. Um, I uh, feel was like, it, so was it six and a half last game? Do you remember? It was something around there. Yeah, and I think the first game was like minus seven and a half. Yeah. So, I don't know. My biggest thing with this series is... I got a growth spurt, but it's, it's going horizontal, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I love it. This series, this is fun. This is a fun series. It really is. Um, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I'm going Lakers minus five. 
but I don't have a great feeling about it just because the Rockets are doing this grand experiment that I have no feel for it. I have no idea. This is the hardest. This is probably, to me, the hardest game of the entire playoffs in terms of just like my confidence level of making a pick. Because you love the Rockets so much, you you in your heart of hearts, you think the Rockets are going to win this game. Um, is that correct? Not that they're going to necessarily win. Will they? But this just, is an interesting thing for the listeners unfolding here. I think Joey's becoming a Rockets fan, and he's having well, trouble really think, accepting it. I think you'll recall, as long as we've known each other, my thoughts, my feelings about James Harden. Yeah, for sure. But I know also, as long as we've known each other, you have not really had a passion for a single team. And no, I, just, I see a no. twinkle in your eyes here. I think you're a Rockets fan, dude. Um, they've put together enough pieces where I think I might be like just guys that I want to root for. Gotcha. I want to root for Mike D'Antoni. I want to root for James Harden. I, I, I've fallen in love with PJ Tucker all over again. Um, Robert Covington. I've had, I've loved him forever. Great guy. There's just so many guys and just. The the way you know, getting just going and trying they're just trying to break. I want to see them break the NBA. Here's which, the th- and, uh, and which what? is exactly what happens if they, even if they go to the finals. So here's the, if if the Rockets do the impossible and they win this championship, if you're a six eleven big who can't shoot, do you basically just retire at this point? Like well, you, you don't have, have a job you, anymore. Because- well, you saw what Draymond Green said, right? No, what did he say? Draymond Green said that the further the Rockets go, the more the value they take away from traditional big men in the NBA. Yeah, okay. Then me and Draymond are on the same wavelength because, like, if you're capable of winning a championship like this, like he said, if you're, he said, I think it was either him or someone else was like, if you're not like a Jokic or a Carl Anthony Towns type of big that can do all that stuff, yeah, you might not. Or Bam, even who's really skilled. You're yeah. If they if, if the deeper they go, them and I would I would argue Boston is in that conversation too because Daniel Tice is not a traditional big. He's six eight. He's not really a center. He's been playing center for them because they don't have a traditional center. Yeah. Um. So we're seeing we could be seeing a renaissance right here in these playoffs. That's but that's Pos- why positionless I just, basketball. But that's why I just think it's so. Look, you, that team, not only do I like those guys, but it's even, you throw Russ in the mix, who I'm not a huge fan of, but yeah. it's just a bunch of guys who have these reputations for one reason or, or another that they now have the opportunity to totally get rid of. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni can't win in the playoffs. Actually, I guess D'Antoni, Harden, Russ, all three can't win in the playoffs. They have an opportunity yeah, not only to win, but to like revolutionize the sport. Yeah. If they can get it done. That I don't know how that impacts my pick for tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a long walk to get back here, but yeah, what, what what's your fucking pick? Uh, Lakers. Minus five. <sighs> okay. I hate it. I hate that pick. That it just oh, seems you're, you're you're betting with your brain and not your heart. And that's a good it just, thing. I think. It just feels like the same way I feel about the Clippers against the Nuggets. It just feels like it's inevitable for this thing to go downhill for the Rockets. 
as I don't want it to. I just don't. I don't want it to happen, but it just seems inevitable. You're you're a realist, I think, right? That applies here. Well, I'm just kicking ass on my picks, man. You are. I am just destroying the playoffs. I'm breaking Vegas. So you were like the Rockets. Now that I think about it. The Rockets are breaking the NBA. You're breaking Vegas. That's yeah, because what, yeah, because me in heaven here. yeah, because I'm a guy who before these playoffs has never bet on a game ever against the spread. Never made a pick against the spread in my life until these and playoffs. Now you're what twenty three and twenty three and thirteen. That's really crazy, actually. If you if you are anywhere close to that percentage, that winning percentage by the end, I'm going to be my mind is blown. Well, I mean, the further we get into the playoffs, the less games are going to be to pick. It's amazing that yeah, I'm that yeah. I'm that I'm at that point that I got through the first round. I know it's insane. So we were picking four games a night. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm a gambling god. <laughs> I'm a gambling god. So officially, your your Lakers minus five then, right? I think you whispered yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, Lakers minus five. To okay. be clear, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. This is going to be where my downfall is. I'm going to lose both of these. I don't even remember what I picked in the first game. Miami. Yeah, right? you picked Miami. We both, yeah, we both, we, our picks are the same. Yeah. I want to that, that, that means I'm in trouble. <laughs> that means I'm in trouble. Um, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Miami wins and ends it. Hopefully the Rockets prove me wrong. God, it's like, I, yeah, I don't want to see Giannis play. Please don't play, Giannis. Don't play him. Um, hey guys, do us a favor. We're we're taking off this thing. It seems like this podcast. It feels like we're on a rocket ship, and we're mm. just taking off. We got the rocket strapped to our backs. Fastest growing daily NBA recap podcast in the business, but only if you subscribe, rate, and review. You know the deal. Be a part of it. it. Yeah, be a part of the fastest growing daily NBA podcast. Yeah, if you want, you know what they say, get on the train or get run over by it. Yeah. It's the deuce train. It's the deuce. It's the deuce train. You know, Uh, no, Alex, you don't have any cliches. No, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm just crap. Am I the only one who's going to throw out the cliches to get people to to rate and review? Can can you give me a cliche? no, because Reggie Miller has turned me off of cliches forever. I have to listen to Reggie Miller and now oh God, my, creativity, gonna, my creativity is I, I don't I hope you guys like the soundboard, but I'm I'm throwing some Reggie in there tomorrow because yep. he had a line tonight that I just I'll never understand. But I love it. I'm gonna use it a lot. Pity Pat. That's a I, good teaser, yeah. Hey, I love I love Reggie Miller's Pity Pat. If you wanna know more about that, tune in tomorrow. We'll see you. member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the
the shore! PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.